Good morning. My name is Andy. I'm the pastor of Legacy South, and I'm just privileged to bring you the message this morning as we continue in our series, Won't You Be My Neighbor? Fred Rogers' song that he sang every single episode is a cry of our world. Won't you please, won't you please, please won't you be my neighbor? You know, that cry may not be voiced audibly. They may not shout it out, but the need is absolutely there. That's why we're doing this series. As we kicked it off last week, looking at the two greatest commandments, love the Lord your God with all your heart and to love your neighbor as yourself. You know, that's the call that we have as neighbors. Today, we're going to look at the church. How do we be a neighboring church? What does that even look like? You know, in the, this day and age, there's so many church statistics that are out there. They uh, talk about membership in churches has dropped under 50% for the first time ever. You know, there's all sorts of statistics about post-pandemic attendance down 30 to 40%. Is it going to come back? Is it you know, people walking away, are they worshiping online? We have all these questions. And then there's the nuns, people who just do not claim church affiliation. They're one of the largest growing sects that are tracked out there as far as people in these surveys. I don't want to worry about any of that today. I don't want to worry about the global church and look at the global church. I don't want to look at the church in the United States. I want to look at the church right here. Not the world church, but our world's church legacy. How do we become a neighboring church? Are we a neighboring church? We have to ask that question. Let me ask you this. If legacy tomorrow was to disappear... All three campuses, online, south campus, north campus, were just gone. Would, would Bismarck notice? Would it be something that people would click on that website for legacy online and, and feel the effects of that? Would the south campus notice that the church that met there on Sundays was gone? Would people driving by the north campus mourn the loss of this church or would it be man i wonder what's going to go in into that property that's right there would the community notice if legacy disappeared we would our community would absolutely notice we would feel the loss our families our family of faith would feel the loss but would our neighborhood feel the loss that's what we want to look at this morning. That's what we want to get into is how do we become a neighboring church that impacts our neighborhoods? The teaching is going to come from Luke chapter 10. It's a story you might recognize. It's the story of the Good Samaritan. And we're going to pull two lessons from that that I think will help us on this path to being a neighboring church. Jesus tells this story in response to a question by a religious leader. Jesus had just given the two great commandments to love the Lord your God with all that you are and to love your neighbor as yourself. And one of the religious leaders in the crowd asked him, they said, who's my neighbor? And the story he told is of a man who was traveling on a road and was attacked by robbers. He was beaten and left for dead. And two religious leaders came by, saw him, 
and passed by without doing anything. And then the enemy of the man, a Samaritan, came and he responds differently. And I want to look at that response this morning. We're in Luke chapter 10, verse 34. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. Y'all, this is the first way that this Samaritan man loved his neighbor well. He gave him immediate aid. He stopped, the, literally, he stopped the bleeding. He went and cared for this man. Look at what he does. He, he goes to him. He binds up his wounds. He pours on oil and wine. This was not a party. This is how they would treat wounds then. They would cleanse it and, and get it moisturized with the oil. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. He gave immediate aid to the man. And that's what we need to do as a church. We need to be a church that can love our neighbor well by being ready to give immediate aid, to see a need and be able to meet it, to see somebody who's hurting, someone who needs help and be able to comfort them, be able to give help to them. And we do this already. We have ministries in place that do a great job of this. We do our monthly one thing, and that does exactly that. That meets a need that is in our community every time. We just recently met the needs of 60 single moms, and we did more than just meet their needs. We got their oil changed for them, but we also just cared for them. We loved them. We were able to be able to feed them and give them gift baskets and just let them know that God loves them. We also down south have committed every single Friday to meeting the needs of Celebrate Recovery. People coming in looking to continue to battle against addictions, to not let the darkness overtake them. We prepare and serve a meal every Friday and walk alongside them, building those relationships, letting them know that they are not alone. Our church is meeting immediate needs and we need to continue to do that. But that's not all this man does. If you look, look at verse 35, what comes next. And the next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Y'all, the second way this man loved his neighbor well is he provided long-term support. And he put a system in place that the man was going to be cared for in the days to come, and he would make sure that he took care of the cost of that. And that's another way that we as a neighboring church can love our neighbors well, providing long-term support. And here at Legacy, we do that as well. We've been doing that for a long time. The half a Christmas challenge, every Christmas season, we take and we donate to combat homelessness right here in Bismarck. We've been doing it for 12 years. The student ministry recently did the 30-hour famine. That was their 14th year doing the 30-hour famine, raising awareness and raising funds to combat people who are hungry all around the world, really helping our neighbors in need, helping our neighbors who, who are in need. 
I spoke about Celebrate Recovery. I don't know if you caught that, but we've committed to every single Friday this year. We are not just doing that one Friday. We're not just meeting one time. Every Friday in 2021, Legacy South is going to be feeding people at Celebrate Recovery, coming alongside them in their walk to battle addiction in their lives. We as a church are already meeting people and meeting them where they're at and putting systems in place to provide long-term support. So we're doing these things. We're meeting the immediate need and we are providing long-term support right now. But what's this going to look like for legacy in the future? How do we love our neighbor well in a post-Christian culture? How do we be a church that loves our neighbor well in a soon-to-be, hopefully, post-pandemic world? How do we love our neighbor well? I think we can get some guidance from this story if we jump back up to verse 33. We're going to cut this out. I went too soon. How do we love our neighbor well? The administrative team and the staff here at Legacy recently spent a Saturday together and we hashed out a new mission statement for the coming days ahead as we move into this new time in our church trying to be a neighboring church here in Bismarck. This mission statement reads like this. Legacy Church is an intentional community of impact, growing hope, healing, and wholeness through Jesus. What's this going to look like for us? What will striving to be this intentional community of impact look like? I think we can uh, get an idea of it here in this story. If we jump back up to verse 33, listen to this. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. Did you catch that? He was out on the road already. He was in the neighborhood. One of the things I think that we're going to see that is going to be true is this ministry being a loving church to our neighborhoods can't happen just on a Sunday morning in our buildings. This is going to be something that we have to be out in our neighborhoods. Down south, when we talk about the church, this is how we describe it. We call it being the presence of the kingdom wherever God has placed us. Each and every one of us is the church. It's not something that happens just on Sunday. It happens seven days a week, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. We are the church, and we are out in the neighborhood. We are out on the road. We are in the world. Now, I challenge you this morning, before you start stepping out on the road and start something new, uh, to do three things. First, I would challenge you to pray. And pray in three specific areas. Pray for your church. Pray for legacy. All three campuses for God to guide and direct us and show us the pathway. Pray for your own ministry. Pray for the call God has on your life. What does he want you involved in? And pray for your neighborhoods. Be lifting up the people that surround us. 
I'm reminded of a story a friend of mine in Austin told me. He had preached a sermon on stewardship and tithing, and it was on a Super Bowl Sunday. And one of his members shared the story with him of going to a Super Bowl party that night, and he won a Super Bowl pot, one of the squares games that they do, and he won $200. And he's driving home that night afterwards, and he sees a homeless man, and the man's on the corner with a sign, you know, will work for food, hungry. And he was moved, and he took $20, 10% of his $200, and gave it to the man. He drove through a fast food restaurant, and then he went to put gas in his car. He put gas in and went inside to pay, and he's standing in line, and the first person in line was that homeless man, and he bought a 40-ounce malt liquor and a carton of cigarettes. And I tell you that story not because of the stewardship component, because that man was moved to do something, but it wasn't maybe necessarily what God wanted him to do. We do this first step of prayer so that we can align ourselves with God's will because that's where we want to be in everything we do. We can do great things on our own. We can impact our communities. God can do amazingly beyond all of those things when he's in the picture, when he's in the lead. We can't control how great things can happen with God leading the way. So pray for your church pray for your call and pray for your neighborhood the second thing i encourage you to do is take a new look at your neighborhood who are the people in your neighborhood what are the needs in your neighborhood and how can i help start to have discussions with people about those start to get into conversations about what it might look like these are all ways that we can start to move ourselves into God's will, start to really get a plan together, and start to be ready for what God is going to do among us. And then after that, after those two steps, the third step is down in verse 37. When Jesus asked them, said, who was the neighbor? The, the man who had asked the question said, it's the one who showed mercy. That's the one. And Jesus says this to him. He says, you go and do likewise so step three then would be go and show mercy go out into our neighborhoods and show mercy you go and do likewise go out into our neighborhoods and show mercy be the hands and feet of christ love our neighbors well in this crazy world that we're living in as we come out of this crazy season and head towards the next craziness that lies ahead, the neighborhood needs the church more than ever. We're striving to be an intentional community of impact, growing hope, healing, and wholeness through Jesus. Y'all, let's do church different. Let's not wait for people to come to us. Let's get out on the road. Let's head out into our neighborhoods and spread the love of Jesus to our neighbors. Would you pray with me? Father God, I just thank you for the fact that you will go before us, Lord, as we step out onto the road into our neighborhoods. Lord, it will take courage on our part, but you give us courage. Lord, if we can seek your will, if we can truly learn to be a people that love you with all that we are, you will guide us to be a people that love our neighbors well. 
And Lord, that's the church we want to be. May we be intentional in seeking the needs to help, to show mercy. And Lord, may may we be wise in the programs we put in place, not just for a quick fix, but for long-term care, ultimately guiding more and more people to you. Lord, we give you all the praise and all the glory. May you go before us in all our ministries. We thank you for the many blessings. Most of all, we thank you for your son, Jesus. In his name we pray, amen.